Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. You would, no pressure. What, what is so important about the Word? God's Word. What's so important about the Word? What do you think? Because we've been, for the last several weeks, maybe the last month, we've been in Psalm 119 on Wednesday nights. And Psalm 119 is a psalm written to proclaim truths about God's Word. And so we've been getting into that on Wednesday nights. So what's the big deal about God's Word to you? What do you, what do you think? Say, man, why is God's Word so important? What do you think? Keeps us living. Yeah. Scripture says, Jesus himself said, he said, out of your belly, once you've ex- experienced a life of Jesus, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Rivers. God's word is life. I believe that. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So yeah, life comes from God. God's word keeps you living. I believe that. Anybody else? Say, what's the importance of God's word? Anybody else? That's excellent. And you're gonna, you notice that in the New Living Translation. I don't know what translation you read, Miha. But in, in the New Living, as we go through this chapter, he uses regulations, laws, and instructions. Gives us direction. God's Word. Don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. He will make your paths straight. Right? Scripture says God's Word is a, a light. A light and a lamp. So it shows you where you're stepping. You ever walked in the dark and hit your foot on something? Oh, and you just knew you broke your toe, right? Because you couldn't see what was down there. I don't know when it was, maybe a month ago. I walked into one of our rooms. And we've been in that house with the same furniture now for going on nine years this fall. And I walked by the bed and just misjudged it. And, oh, I, I couldn't see the bed frame. And I just hit my leg. I hit my knee. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that's just painful. If you can't see where you're going, you're in trouble. It's very, very painful if you can't see where you're going. God's Word sheds light on things, gives direction. Anybody else? What's the importance of God's Word? Been talking about the goodness of God's Word on Wednesday nights. Anybody else? Exactly. A guide. Do you remember Do you remember when you were kids and you'd go to preschool or kindergarten and they'd, they'd give you something you could trace? You could trace it? It was a guide. Or sometimes you could be a genius, right? And you could, you'd have a really nice coloring sheet, and you were going to put another piece of paper on it and trace it. It was a guide. So you can imitate things that are found in the Word. It is a guide. That's good. Anybody else, what God's Word means to you? No pressure. And if not, we're going to move on. I love that. That's great answers. Very, very beautiful answers. Um, my dad likes to say that. That's one of his signature sayings about Scripture is, it's a manual. Anybody ever put stuff together or tried? And you, you weren't looking at the instructions at the end? You're like, oh, these must be the extra bolts. I remember me and my cousin, me and my cousin years ago on the south side, right over here, it was in the early 90s, me and my cousin, he says, man, you got money? And he, he and I were really good at spending money back then. It, it would come in and it would go out. Y'all know it. It would come in one way and go out ten ways, like the enemy's supposed to do. But anyway... He said, you got money, man. Let's go buy you a basketball goal. Your basketball goal is terrible. Let's get a new one. So we went and bought a basketball goal, and I think it was a Michael Jordan airtime basketball goal. And he goes, we can do this. And 
I don't remember the instructions, maybe, but it wasn't just right, the goal. And then I looked at my cousin, I said, what's all that? And he's like, I, and he kind of smiled because he knew we did something weird. He's like, these, these must be the backups. These are the extras. Uh, it just ain't the same if you don't go by the manual. That's how God's word is for life. People say, man, God just doesn't want me to have fun. He's trying to block me out of stuff and lock me out of different things. No, he's trying to lock you into blessing. God's very concerned about you having your best life now. Joel Osteen, I believe, years ago had a book called Your Best Life Now. It really is. God wants you to say, man, am I just going to have a problem-free life? No, but even through the problems and the trials, you'll have a guide, a guideline, a manual, and you'll know there's always hope. There's always hope when you're going through stuff. I can see this, I can see this through to the end because God is with me. There's a manual. Now, I'm going to take the blame for this one. We have bar stools. We have a little bar in our kitchen, and we have two little stools. And I assembled those, I think, in like February of 2018. And, Ray, something ain't been right the whole time. Jen's stool's always been fine. The stool I use usually, it's like, <laughs> she's already laughing. It's like it, it's like it wanted to come apart, and I'm like, this is weird. And I'm no, what is this? And finally, I just couldn't do it anymore. It's been too long. And my wife's theory was, well, you move a lot. And I do. I sit. I wiggle. You remember you called kids a wiggle worm? You're a wiggle worm. You just move. I move. I swing my legs and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I'm breaking this thing apart every time. What's going on? And I thought, it'd be just great if we had company and they sit in the stool and fall. Right? Or me. So I got down there in there and looked. And guess what? I don't remember. It's been about two years ago, but it was missing. Brother Tony, you're going to appreciate this. It was missing one of the wood screws, big, long, heavy. And so the leg wanted to detach itself from the support. Of course, I, I'm just like, baby, I think that's me. Maybe it didn't come with a bolt, but you know, maybe I just didn't put it in there. It's, more, it's a more likely scenario. I thought I'd looked at the instructions. I remember doing so, but hey, God's word is a manual. You don't leave anything out if you really pay attention to God's word. You don't leave anything out, the stuff that matters. All right? And I don't know who this is for tonight. Life's hard anyway, and it comes with challenges. But God will give you grace through the challenges when you're seeking him. I can't imagine going through trials and tribulations without God. It'd be over. Scripture says the righteous goes through problems, and God delivers them. Over and over and over again. But a storm passes through and the evil person, the person who doesn't see God, they're wiped out. So here's what I say. Folks in this house, I don't know your lives, but don't wait for an awful, 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 awful storm to seek God. Start now. Now is the time to get into the word, okay? Psalm 119. Let's start tonight with verse 33. And these are great answers tonight. A guide and a manual and we get to know God through his word. That's true. You don't know anybody until you talk to them, until you see what they're saying or how they say it or if they keep their word. Verse 33, Psalm 119. This is just about exactly, if you have a hard copy Bible tonight, it's just about exactly in the middle of your Bible. I believe it's actually the middle chapter of your Bible, Psalm 119. Verse 33, teach me your decrees, O Lord. Teach me. I will keep them. To the end. You guys, uh, 
I don't I don't know where you are in social media or if you check out the magazines when you're checking out at the grocery store or you watch TV or whatever, but have you ever seen someone who was well-known, maybe someone famous, and they found the Lord? Or you, more properly phrased, the Lord found them? And you watch their life, and all of a sudden they're a great Christian, but then in a few months or year, where are they? They're not seeking God anymore. The challenge for many humans is this. Lord, teach me your decrees so that I can keep them to the end. I want, I, I love this. I love seeing those of you that I've seen for years, but I love seeing new faces too because I know that we can, we have the capacity to keep God's word forever. We do. He gave us a will to be able to serve him. You say, but I don't know, but hard times. Yeah, but the storms come. The snow came last night, didn't it? But today the sun came out. Praise God. Praise God. And I love that Jesus, as the son of righteousness, you will always know that he's right behind the clouds. He's right, he's right there. He's always there. He's placed you on a firm foundation. Scripture says that after you have suffered a little while, 1 Peter chapter 5, after you have suffered a little while, he'll restore and strengthen and support and establish and set you on a firm foundation. You say, man, how on earth? You knowing him through his word, that's how. Verse 33, teach me your decrees, O Lord, I will keep them to the end. Keep God's word. He's going to keep his end of the deal. We've got to keep ours up. Verse 34, give me understanding and I will obey your instructions. I will put them into practice with all my heart. Did you know that when your life changes, and it changes for a certain period of time. I don't know. I don't know the cutoff. I don't know the limit. But people begin to notice that your life has changed when you when you accept Jesus and really start putting Him first. People notice your life has changed, and it starts to affect people around you. I've told you this before. Even a shy person, an introvert, affects ten thousand people, up to ten thousand people in their lifetime. Someone who's introverted say, "Man, I'm not a big talker." You, it doesn't matter. You can affect up to 10,000 people in your lifetime. So people are watching you and they say, look, are they really putting the word into practice or are they just talk? Well, show them. Outlive the critics. Outlive the critics. This time next year, we'll still be serving God. It won't be, well, are they, are they still with God? Or is there, are, they still, are they still having church on Sunday? No, there'll be, unless the world ends or God changes plans for us here, this, there will be, there will, Sunday service is not canceled. All right? And neither should your time with God and your relationship with God. I will put them into practice with all my heart. Mm, beautiful. Verse 35. Make me or help me, make me walk along the path of your commands. For that is where my happiness is found. You can't find happiness anywhere else. You can't. Talk to people who have been hooked on drugs. It's a temporary high. Talk to people who have tried sleeping around mm, the morning after. Talk to people who have done alcohol, tried that. Ah, oh, that didn't work. See, there's always, there, and the world is always chasing a high. Have you ever noticed that? Even the books they put out, they're always chasing some kind of high. If Do this now, for this now. Without God, you can do this, you can do this, you can be better, you can, man, self-help. Man, apart from God, what? Make me walk along the path of your commands, for that is where my happiness is found. And what are the Lord's commands now, according to the New Testament? Real simple. 
Real simple. You can remember by looking at the cross. Vertically, up and down, your relationship with God. So love God. Horizontally, your relationship with people. Love people. That's his commands. Love God and others, and the law will be fulfilled. You're not going to find happiness anywhere else. I'm telling you, everything, everything wears out. Say, man, if I just had that car, it only smells new so long, right? Anybody in here ever bought a brand new car? Anybody? Maybe you can help me. How long does the new smell last? <laughs> I love that answer, woman of God. She said, well, when you have kids, there's a curve on that. It's a little different. Could be six months, and we went 45 days. Mom, I'm a sucker, I don't know. How, how long do you, even with kids, that's pretty good. We bought a, we bought a new used type vehicle in 2016, and it smelled new to me. I think it had 16,000 miles on it, and it smelled new to me. But the new, I don't know when or how, that, that new just faded. But you can go to the store now. See, people are brilliant. You can go to the store now and buy sprays that brand new smell, right? That seems toxic to me. I don't know. They're going to make it smell brand new. I don't know. But things only, I mean, things start to fade. How many of you are shoe fans in here? You say, man, I like shoes. Some hands went up real quick. I like shoes. I notice shoes. I, shoes are cool. I mean, I want them to be comfortable, but I like shoes. Well, guess what? They bought me some. Air Force Ones for my last birthday, going on a year ago. And I loved those shoes so much. They reminded me of my first pair of Nikes, first two pairs of Nikes in seventh grade. And I wore them and wore them and wore them. And they were this glowing white, Jesse. But then after a while, they just didn't glow as much. And you scuff things. And they were white, so then I'd get smudges on them. And then I had to change out the laces. And I did that. They looked a little better. But they just weren't new anymore. Say, man, what about this? That'll satisfy me. What about that? No, what about? No, he says, allow me or make me or help me along the path of your commands for that is where my happiness is found. We've got to find true happiness in Jesus. Verse 36, give me an eagerness for your laws. <laughs> wow, this is interesting. Rather than a love for money. Scripture says the love of money is the root of all evil. One translation says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Nothing good can come out of falling in love with money, I promise you. All right? So give us an eagerness, Lord, for your laws. Verse 37. Turn my eyes from worthless things. Anybody want to help me with that? What's an example of worthless things? How about a rated R movie? Pretty worthless, if you ask me. I know you didn't ask me, but I told you. Anybody else? Worthless things. Turn my eyes from worthless things, things you shouldn't be looking at. If you're married, looking at other people in the wrong way. He says, turn my eyes from worthless things, desiring the wrong stuff, stuff you don't need. Say, man, I've got a sweet ride, but man, I really need a Porsche. I really need, I, re, I know we've got a blessed, but we, this is blessed here, but what we really need, what I want, that may be worthless for you. Turn my eyes, Lord, from worthless things. Boy, the psalmist had it right. This was written thousands of years ago. And give me life. Somebody said this earlier. Give me life through your word. God gives us life through his word. 
Nobody wanted to give me any worthless examples. Uh, I didn't think so. I don't know why. I just I was like, nobody's going to be jumping up and down. My phone, my smartphone's worthless. He needs to turn my eyes from that. No. Verse 38. <laughs> Reassure me of your promise made to those who fear you. What has God promised you? Get up in here. Get in that word. God's promised you all kinds of stuff. Reassure me of your promise, Lord, made to those who fear you. Verse 39, help me abandon. Wow. The psalmist says, help me abandon my shameful ways. Anything I'm doing that is not pleasing to you, Lord, help me abandon that. For your regulations, your word is good. Somebody say good. That's right. Verse 40, I long to obey your commandments. Renew my life with your goodness. Scripture says it is the goodness of God that draws all of us to repentance. God's goodness attracts us. All right? Renew my life with your goodness. That's powerful. Scripture says in Isaiah 40 that he will renew our youth like the eagle. You know, eagles live a long time. And every some, some certain amount of years, I, I don't remember, if it, is it seven years, that eagles' bodies are renewed and their feathers are renewed. But did you know your body renews itself every seven years completely? If you eat right and stay active, your body will renew itself every seven years. Renew my life with your goodness. Verse 41, Lord, give me your unfailing love, the salvation that you promised me. Oh, it's already come, right? Through Jesus, that's already come. So you have the salvation he promised by faith. Verse 42, then I can answer those who taunt me, for I trust in your word. Lady gave us an example yesterday. I went to eat with my dad. I actually went to a funeral. Um, earlier yesterday in the weather over there, we went to Lovington. There was a guy that used to come to church here years ago. And uh, I believe it was Solomon that said we should go to funerals more than we should go to parties. Look that up. Why? Well, it's sobering. Even if you're living right, you're in there going, wow, this is crazy. He was here, and he's not here. She was here, and she's not here. I wasn't even going to throw that in, but that, that's just for somebody. So we, we went to go eat afterward. We went to a restaurant near here, and Dad loves to go to that restaurant. And there was somebody there that was talking to us. They, they attend the Spanish service, and they're a great person. And they were talking about, man, this, this person said, I noticed that when when I start sharing the word, man, people leave. She said, they leave like cucarachas. You know what cucarachas are? Cockroaches. She said, I start to share the word with people, or I show up at a place, they know I'm going to share the word. And she said, they spread out and disappear, man, through all the exits. Hmm. Here's my point. They may do that to this person. They may do that to you. Say, oh, come on, man. These holy hallelujah people, holy rollers, I don't want to hear about it anymore. I'm not going to go to church. No. But guess who they call? This lady mentioned this yesterday. said, guess who they call when they're having a problem? They man, I, I know I was, I've had people tell me this. I remember in high school, I, I had someone say, hey, man, I know I'm, I know we were making fun of you about that. Hey, but would you be praying for me? I was tempted to go, mm-hmm. I'm going to wait till you're with all your friends. I'm going to pray for you while you're with all of them. So you'll be totally embarrassed. No. But it's true. People mess with you, mess with you, mess with you. And then they're like, hey, man, I know, you know, would you just, would you just pray for me? 
verse 42, he says, then I can answer those who taunt me, for I trust in your word. I think the perfect answer for those that make fun of you is, I'm praying for you. Because sooner or later, they're going to be asking you to pray for them anyway. I'm praying for you. Verse 43, do not snatch your word of truth from me. God, you've given me your truth. Don't ever take it back. For your regulations are my only hope. Your word's my only hope. Verse 44, I will keep on obeying your instructions forever and ever. That's a big statement. God, I commit to do this with you forever. God, you said it in your word, and you're forever, so as long as I'm on this planet, I'm going to keep obeying your word. I know we don't think about this often, but funerals remind us of this. My dad did such a fine job at that funeral yesterday. He really did. But he was reminding the folks, and it was standing room only. It was packed. This guy died at 59, but it was packed. He affected lots of lives. People really loved him. He was a nice guy. People from his jobs and his family were there, and it was, it was packed. And we were being reminded of, this is not my home forever, this body right here. This is not it. So don't be discouraged because there, you have a future ahead of you, and it's a, your eternal home is in heaven once you've accepted Jesus. You have eternity to look forward to. But it's hard to get past this sometimes, huh? I know. I know that. I'm, I'm very emotive. I'm in touch with my emotions and stuff. I say, man, but I feel this way. Or look at how things are. Or, man, it's just, this is crazy. I'm going through this. Yeah, but let's push it out into eternity and say, will this matter in five years? Will this matter in ten years? Will this matter in a thousand years? No. The gas bill won't matter in probably even five or ten years from now, the current gas bill. Say, man, that credit card or this car, or that, it won't matter. Lord, I will keep on obeying your instructions forever and ever. You've got to realize that you are an eternal being. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Remember, remember, remember that God created you for eternity. I believe it was Ecclesiastes said, God has said eternity in our hearts. And people deep down, they know that. That's why they got to worship something. Even if it's not God, they always want to worship something because we're eternal beings. We want something to worship. They, f- they forget, or maybe they never knew, that it was God we were created to worship. So we will keep on obeying his instructions forever and, and ever because we are eternal beings. Look at verse 45. I love this. I will walk in freedom. What a statement. I will walk in freedom. Why? For I have devoted myself to your commandments. God, I'm going to walk in freedom. That's the promise of your word. He that the Son has set free is free indeed. You will know the truth and it will set you free. I will walk in freedom for I have devoted myself to your commandments. That's powerful. Verse 46. Look at this. The writer here is not afraid to speak to dignitaries and important people. I will speak to kings about your laws, and I will not be ashamed. I will speak to, basically, I'll speak to everybody about your word. I'll never be ashamed. Verse 47, how I delight in your commands, how I love them. Let that be the cry of our hearts tonight, that you just love God's word. You love God's word. Verse 48, I honor and love your commands. I meditate on your decrees. What is meditate? Meditate can be to murmur something or whisper something or focus on it or think about it often. And that's hard for us. I'm still challenging myself in prayer to just stop 
I have to be told to be quiet and stop moving in prayer sometimes. Yes, I still get that because I'm very hyperactive. <laughs> Please can you stop? I was wearing a jacket this morning. I was making so much noise, and I just had to just quiet myself. And, sit, and I, as I sat there, I said, Lord, I just want to meditate on you, not think about anything else. You know, there's so much going on sometimes that we're thinking about everything. I say, man, my to-do list. Oh, my back hurts. Oh, I need, to, I need to go do this. I need to do that. That needs fixing. I need to call them. Man, put it away from you. And woman, not just men. Man and woman of God, put your phone away from you. Meditate on God's word. Fixate on it. Focus on it. Think about it. Murmur it. Repeat it. Think about it. Take time to actually meditate on God's word. There's nothing like doing that. I honor and love your commands, verse 48 says. I meditate on your decrees. Verse 49 Remember your promise to me, God. It is my only hope. Verse 50, I love it that I'm closing this out tonight with this verse. I'm not going to go past verse 50 tonight. We'll continue next week. Your promise revives me. It comforts me in all my troubles. Say, how would that comfort me? Because God said it. If he said it, he's going to do it, even in the midst of this. The promise is the sun will come out tomorrow. Was that the Orphan Annie song? Tomorrow? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Say, man, it's tough right now. Hey, I'm going to wake up. I was praying this before we got in the Word tonight. Sorrow may last for the night. You may cry through the night sometimes. And sometimes in your life you're going through the dark. Someone said it so well, the dark night of your soul. Say, man, this is tough. This is tough. Sorrow may last through the night. But joy comes. Joy comes in the morning. That's his promise. That's his promise. And I'm going to hang everything that I have, my hopes, my heart, my intentions, my will, I'm going to hang it all on his word. I'm going to just hang, just like a nail on the wall, you hang something on it, I'm propping my whole life on what God said. I'm going to hang it on what he said. And based on that, we will all swing out into eternity. Future for you is eternity. You are an eternal being. Have hope. Let God give you his grace. Believe Say, what should I do as a believer? Your biggest and greatest and highest and loftiest calling is just to believe. Let's pray tonight, if you would, please. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for your people that are gathered and assembled here tonight. I give you great worship for them, Father, because you are worthy, and you brought everybody here for a divine appointment. Your word has gone out. God, I'm not the most eloquent speaker I know that. I'm just a messenger. But, Lord, your word, you said, your word will accomplish what you send it to accomplish. And, Lord, I believe it accomplished many things tonight in the lives of your people. Your word. God, give us a hunger, a desire, a love, a thirst for your word, God. A thirst for your word. You've placed it in us, God. I believe it's already in us. Now help us to release that and tap into it, God. We thank you, Father. Now, right where we are, just a little bit longer. We're not going to be here much longer. Just take time to be in God's presence. I want you to meditate on something tonight. It's a verse that I gave you on Sunday morning, if you were here. Mark 9, 23. If you can believe, all things are possible. That's the, the simple form of the verse. Maybe we, can, maybe we can put that up there, no rush. Mark 9, 23. If you can believe, all things are possible. I want you to meditate on that just for a moment. Say, man, if I will believe God and take him at his word, 
everything, anything and everything is possible according to his word. Right there with your eyes closed and your heads, heads bowed, meditate on that. Say, anything is possible if I'll believe. All things are possible if I'll believe. It's all possible to you. Say, well, I, you know, I kind of hope God will know. You believe. You believe. You believe. You trust him. Take him at his word. You believe. You say, man, Pastor Matt, are you messing with me? This is as mu- just as much for me as it is for you. I have to be reminded, too. I have to be reminded, too. I believe his word. Sometimes it just has to be strength of will. I say, I, I don't feel like it, but I'm going to get into this and just believe. I don't feel like it, but I'm just going to believe. Who knows what burdens you brought in here tonight, people of God? Who knows? Only God knows, and you know. But Mark 9.23 says, anything is possible. All things are possible to those that believe. Meditate on that just a moment. Everything is possible if you'll believe. It all goes back to his word. It all goes back to what he said in his word. And this is his word. Anything and everything is possible if you'll believe. Let's just meditate on that just for a moment. Just think about that. Just focus on that. All things are possible if you will believe. Mark 9, 23. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus.